Hello and welcome to Eureka. Tagline, please. <laughs> uh, the show that takes science for a weekly walk around the block. Okay. These are getting progressively worse. Oh, is this just a, all, a, a clever way of making me fall in game. love yeah, yeah, yeah. with the show that, that gives science its weekly bath? Or the show that, that the gets best. under the skin of science. I don't mind which we choose in the long run. Well, we can't go back to... No, no. Going back to gets under the skin of science will feel like an omission of defeat, <laughs> I think. Okay. At the minute, Weekly Bath is, is the front runner. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Ta- what was it? Takes science for a walk, walk around, around the block. block. I mean, I'm it? thinking, I'm, I'm literally just like off the top of my head. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, because I'm just thinking <laughs> I've got to walk the dog later. <sighs> okay. Yeah, okay. So that one wasn't great. No. Um, the agreed. headlock one. Headlock one wasn't no, great. But the, the Give Science its Weekly Bath, I still stand by that. Mm. Well, I can see the imagery at least. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing like a, a sort of big polystyrene atom and, and we're scrubbing it yeah, in the bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's, but we're sponging it down. Let's make that happen. And it's kind of quite um, weirdly erotic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hadn't gone there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm trying to stroke the atom off. <laughs> <laughs> Just, no, no, we're not having that tagline. You've sullied it. <laughs> the, the, the show that tries to stroke the atom off. <laughs> Oh, what does it mean? I don't know. I don't know, but we, uh, amazingly, you can picture it. Um, I mean, what we do do is we invite a new expert every week to help us answer one of science's most interesting questions. I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. This is one of your episodes. What have we got? Uh, a treat, I think is the best way of putting this. Uh, basically, it involves scientists, scientists who bite frogs in half. <laughs> I'm in, for starters. What are you talking about? Um, I'm talking about electricity or bioelectricity. So, so oh, this okay. is everything that goes on in the body, and um, not that the electricity makes you bite frogs in half. But if you want to do the science, uh, somebody down the line thought this was a good idea. Um, so, um, it's basically about how much I actually want to improve my cricket batting average this year with electricity. With electricity, because. It, because everything in the body is electric, including yeah, your brain, yeah, 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 including yeah. the focus of your brain. Right. And so there should be a way in which I can use electricity to hack my brain and give me a great, amazing focus, which will make me a, a great batter. So you want to wire your brain up to like a nine volt battery? Exactly. Perfect. Electricity and electrical signals underpin the global communications network. And the same thing is going on in our bodies. Bioelectricity is what enables our cells to work and to communicate with one another. Especially in the brain where the electrical signals are key to everything. So just as we look to improve our body chemistry through good nutrition, could we also improve our brains by adding a bit of spark here and there? This week we're asking, can we use electricity to improve our brain? Now let me, I have been thinking about this for years. Literally. I can see the excitement in your face. It's quite cute. It's, I mean, it's sort of ridiculous, but I I came across the idea of brain hacking quite a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I've got the equipment, and I've never had the guts to use it, and I'm thinking this Are year... Are we going to do it? Well, I'm not going to do it here and now. Why not? Because you won't be able to tell if it's like working or not. I bet I'll tell if you're more focused. I've spent enough time with you. I don't think you will. Let's just listen. Let's just wire you up. If you've got the kit, we've got wire the kit. You up. Right, right. Here we are. I've got the kit right here. So, so where did you get the kit from? So I 
think that many, many years ago, I must have done like a radio segment or something about this kind of idea. Go Flow Pro brain stimulator. This guy, Jesus Christ. This guy who <laughs> makes this stuff sent it to me. Okay. Uh, he got in touch, emailed me basically, and said, Oh, if you want to have a go, here's the kit. And it was like a couple of hundred quids worth of kit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he said, You know, just take it on, have a go, see what you think. Now, I, I've done my research this week. Yeah. Finally, basically dusted this off right from where I put it on the shelf. This is fantastic. And, and looked at it and I thought, mm, I don't know if I want to do this. So I went well, on I'm the website. I'm here web- to tell you, you do want to do <laughs> I went this. on the website and, um, and had a look. And the website's basically, it's all a bit discontinued. A defunct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm just going to show you the principle of it. But actually, so I've got my nine volt battery here. Yeah, um, yeah. into the 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 flow thing, which basically changes the the current that's going through my brain, going right. through connected to my skull. So I yes. wire it up. Yeah, stick that on, and then I've got this headband. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Okay, so Michael's taking his headphones. So off. I've got the headband here. He's... Now I've not put the sponges in. So, so it's meant to have these little sponges that sit in there. Nah, are sponges on. are for pussies. Because I'm not going to turn it on. You are going to turn it on. I'm not going to turn it on. You are going to I'll burn myself on. if I turn it on. You're not going to... Right. So then you put I'm that gonna on I'm going to turn head. this on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Of course, it's to get around that big old head, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, I'm not sure it's going to take it. Well, you and look... So, the way it's sort of pushing your ears forward, yeah, I mean, you yeah, look so, incredible. So then you've got this, and, yeah. and you can basically then turn it on. Turn it on. Oh, unfortunately, this battery's flat. So, so the, the battery was, was uh, supplied with it many years ago and it's obviously gone flat. What about the other one there? Yeah, that, that, um, that would work. But I'd have to put the sponges on because otherwise it would burn my head with an electrical current and we don't want that. Well, I think we know how this episode is going to end. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, um, that's what I'm talking about. Burns. So I reckon I can get this under a cricket helmet when I'm batting. I was going to say, you don't want to wear that I don't when you're think bowling. There's anything like in an the ru- no, no, no. I don't think there's anything in the rules that says you can't like use like focus stimulator. And um, and so I'm going to try it this season. I mean... I will report back. G- good luck to you. Um, have we got an expert? <laughs> yeah, luckily we have. <laughs> because um, it, obviously it's not me. Uh, so we've got uh, an expert this week who is Sally Adey who's an award-winning science and technology journalist. And she has a book out, which I have read, of course I've read because I'm obsessed by this subject, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, called We Are Electric, which reveals the new science of our body's electrome, like the genome. We're talking about the electrome today. And the history of bioelectricity. Um, You mentioned that she's an award-winning science and technology journalist. You're a science and technology journalist. Are you award-winning? I have won an award, and I am a science and technology journalist. What was the award? The last award I won was the uh, Swindon College Senior Merit Award when I was 17 for being the best student in A-levels. It's not great, is it? (laughs) Grubby. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can't believe I've never won an award. So I have to like, now I, I, I sort of wear it as a badge of honour. It's like I'm too much of a maverick to win those awards. Yeah, and you just sort of think, well, awards don't mean anything. Awards are bollocks, aren't they? Yeah, but if we won an award... (laughs) <laughs> Actually, we we've we have one. We got a webby we, for something. We, we got did a webby for something. We got a um, a silver at the British Podcast Awards. Yeah. yeah, we never actually won though, have we? No, I mean silver. We basically took it out and spat on it, didn't we? 
Yeah. Well, I remember being at the ceremony and really <laughs> kicking off. <laughs> you really, really did. Didn't you have to be like escorted out of the building? I don't, I don't know if it was quite that bad, but I just couldn't quite believe it. Maybe you just went home in a sulk. Yeah. Like all no, of a sudden you weren't likely. there. Yeah. 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 I can't remember what won, but I remember thinking it was crap. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, so I suppose we probably need to have a little disclaimer here, yeah. which is we are not suggesting that people go and try and sort of electrocute themselves. No, <laughs> no, this is this is. I'm yeah, no offense to this product here. This is quite speculative stuff, isn't it? This is very speculative stuff. The equipment I've got is quite old as well, which is why I'm a bit hesitant mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Don't do this, honestly. It's not worth it. I would say, because the the results, and we'll get onto this, you know, when we talk about this sort of towards the end, the results of this kind of experiment are very, very like, they're, they're shon- shonky. Iffy. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of, it's not, it's not very clear that it does anything much for you. So the, the thing that immediately um, occurs to me when I look at that nine volt battery, <laughs> just connected to a wire and then connected to some pads attached to your head, is the... Like bioelectricity is very different to the sort of electricity, like electrical current that we that we use yeah, to, yeah. to power devices. It's like a completely different thing. Yeah. So 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 I don't quite get how this is. <laughs> I mean this this like nine volt bo- battery pushes electrons around. Yeah. Like you know that's that's what yeah. everything that we know of as electricity basically, and that we create you know that powers everything. Is, is electrons moving around. And inside the body, it's the opposite. It's the positive ions moving mm. around. So it's a completely different world. Yeah. Um, and all nerve cells, all cells basically move ions between each other mm. in and out through, you know, use of ion pumps and, and, and there's kind of all like sluices and gates and, and everything else. But it's a completely different thing to to electron-based electricity. Um and it's it's sort of I mean it's sort of quite mad because um, inside a cell or be, uh, like it, the difference in voltage between inside and outside of a cell mm-hmm. can be quite small. It's like that like seventy millivolts, but the cell mem- membrane itself is so narrow that the voltage difference, like if you scaled it up, mm. it's basically like if it was on this whole scale of a whole human, it'd be like ten million volts. It's like the sort of mad potential differences right, going right, on. Right. In all of the cells, and it's the of potential body. difference that's important, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's kind of really, you know, interesting. But, How long but, have we known about bioelectricity for? So, sort of the 1700s, people started really doing this kind of um, mad, what looked like mad experiments. But I'll let Sally describe it. So we didn't think electricity had anything to do with this, you know, for a long time. I mean, you know, so we had these sort of first glimpses of electricity and sort of as a force that was super mysterious, like, uh, I don't know, 1500 years ago or something. And well, probably before that, too. But there was um, a physician called Galen, who I think, um, well, I hope I'm remembering this right. But he, I believe, uh, prescribed that if you have a migraine, uh, you can hold uh, an electric fish to your head, <laughs> which would have been a fairly extraordinary. <laughs> but it also worked for all these other, you know, sort of um, was meant to work for all of these other ailments, including like prolapsed anus apparently <laughs> sorry there's just there's so many wild um 
experiments and self-experiments. Not it's not so much in his time, although probably there are, but like the, the, the ones where they start really keeping records of their crazy experiments that they did to try to figure out what was going on with this weather, weather electricity, which included like lightning and, you know, sort of static electricity. They were in the late 1700s trying to like unify this this into like a theory of electricity and they were just like oh what is electricity is it lightning is it a static shock how do we make it so this is why like electricity was considered like this just like it was like the rocket science of his day and the people who studied it they were called they called themselves electricians which had a like super sexy like connotation at the time they were like rocket scientists right so um a lot of them were looking into this and then um this uh guy galvani he wasn't the first to think like hey listen maybe we use a kind of version of electricity to send our signals to and from the brain and the body and the limbs and stuff um people had sort of started to peck around that but he was the first one but basically um galvani was the first to try to unify those two things like the what is electricity and how much does it encompass and um how do we move our bodies using just our dumb brain um tried to put it into one thing with like a super rigorous years-long series of tests well obviously the thing that i took out of that is <coughs> someone is jamming an electric fish up their ass aren't they <laughs> i think they probably are yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you know and saying it's for their prolapsed anus <laughs> <laughs> I think that's. I thought Uranus had stopped prolapsing. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just making sure it doesn't come <laughs> yeah, back. It's preventative. <laughs> the poor fish. Well, I mean, the fish has to be alive, right? Because otherwise, well, you're yeah. not getting a shock. No, the fish is getting a shock. Yeah, yeah. I'm... Do you reckon you're using the same fish every time? <laughs> like, 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 maybe the one like, for your oh. head. I'd use a different one for my head probably than I'd use for my anus. <laughs> That's good, good to know that you're so hygiene conscious. Or <laughs> well, you use it on the head first and then the anus, but never the other way around. Yeah, that's a good point. It's very important, actually, to get these things worked out before you start <laughs> applying electric fish to your various body parts. Again, don't try this at home. <laughs> I mean, where would you get an electric fish from? I don't know. I reckon you could probably get one on the internet now. I mean, you know, aquarium sites. They must have, like, electric eels. I bet you could get electric eels or something. Yeah, I think you would get done if someone found out what you were doing with that electric eel, though. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> quite rightly, yeah, the, too. The RSPCA but... are taking a dim view of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I mean, it's not about the fish, though. The history of electricity is about frogs. Unbelievable. Like, Europe started to run out of frogs. But you couldn't they get them because, because there were so many ex experiments. Oh, so Galvani like started it off with frogs and, and like that famous thing about, you know, leaving them outside and, and sort of, you know, hoping that a thunderstorm would like, you know, provoke them to move. And then got into all this stuff with Volta about whether it was the electricity uh, coming from different metals co colliding with each other. And so it got all got quite messy. But basically they... they had to get like the nerve fibers and muscle fibers, tendons, all kind of exposed. So they used to flay these frogs. Oh. I mean, it was somebody's job to basically flay a frog mm. um, in the 1750s. Um, and then um, Galvani's nephew, a guy called Giovanni Aldini, sort of decided to defend his uncle, who was getting into like all kinds of you know trouble with Volta, and uh, and and took on the whole thing and started to like take it up a notch. So he um he became famous for experimenting with corpses and cadavers and just sort of recently deceased 
stick a bit of electricity on them, see if they move. Oh, getting his Frankenstein on. Yeah, exactly. So these are the experiments that inspired Mary Shelley to come mm. up with Frankenstein because mm. he did them on like executed prisoners. Like literally as soon as they were executed, like with one of them, he stuck a electrical probe up its rectum, of course. <laughs> and it, it started to move and people were like, oh my Have we God. got a fish? No, we got a probe. <laughs> ah, that'll do. <laughs> I guess all the fish were used <laughs> We're all out of fish. But, you know, we have batteries by this point because of Volta. And, mm. and so they could just, you know, sort of do this thing. And people were watching this stuff and like, you know, it looked like this corpse was coming back to life, effectively. It was like sitting up, moving around. They had this thing where they could, if you stuck a, the probe in its ear, the jaw would open and an eye would open and close and stuff like this. Oh, God. Yeah, so... Um, Gruesome. So, yeah. And so but they, quite fun. <laughs> quite fun. I mean, I, I think I'd watch. I'd rather that than the frog stuff. Yeah, yeah. On the whole. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, apart from the issue of sort of capital punishment and everything, it was, you know, I think oh, it's yeah, quite right. entertaining. Yeah. So then it was like, you know, so that's like the end of the 1700s and they're still using frogs like 100 years later. So uh, so in the 1850s, a guy called Emile Dubois-Raymond, uh, he decided that he had to get rid of this whole sort of argument about the metals uh, causing the electricity. So that's when he decided that he would like dissect his frogs basically by biting them in half. Why? So that there was no contamination from metal knives. Oh. It's science. It's proper I, I, science. I mean, could they... Surely there's something else you could... No, maybe not, actually. Well, there's no plastic like plastic knives, yeah, are there? Yeah, yeah. So he's like, I'll just bite it in half and expose all the tendons. Imagine that. Ooh. That's disgusting. That's a real. That's a real love of science. Like yeah, that. yeah. That's <laughs> above and beyond, isn't it? But amazingly, so we're still using frogs in like this kind of research. So uh, in 2011, there was a woman called Sherry Orr who um, was experimenting on electric fields and what they do to uh, to frogs, and she managed to basically grow a pair of eyes on a frog's belly mm. by manipulating electric fields. So the frogs. I mean, the frogs are all over this. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, probably rather that they weren't. Um, <laughs> so, is this to do with the sort of the idea that there's bioelectrical information stored in cell membranes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is everything that we're. we're so, the frog, where you, you you develop eyes on its belly, is effectively coming from the fact that the the imprints or the the What's the word? I mean, the kind of the plans for coding, how, the coding yeah, the coding for, yeah. for how you form a body or what, what your anatomy looks like is actually held in as electrical electric field information. Mm. So this is everything that we're discovering. So so right in the 1970s, uh, we sort of worked out that what the cell membrane looks like and how there's an ion channel which sort of basically lets these potassium and sodium ions flood across it and you get you know like so they're positive ions yeah so the the positive ions are flowing sort of in and out of these cells creating you know a hugely positive charge inside a cell or or outside it and literally like you know 100,000 ions per millisecond crossing these boundary uh, and and sort of you know people looked into the the research and realized that the sodium channel is just a protein so then, you know, you realise it's connected to the genome. It's connected to the understanding of, of how you encode all the proteins. And so people are now um, basically trying to map all of these sort of electric field effects and, and what the proteins do, how it works, you know. And this is not just in you know, single cells, but, you know, on the level of organs and everything else and whole bodies, it mm. gives you the anatomy. And if you can map all of this electrical field information... That's you can going hack up, it. 
you can hack it. And this is, mm. you know, this is the electrome. So like we're, we're talking about the genome and trying to map the genome and, and that'll give us the ability to cure and, you know, mm. and, and avert sort of, you know, things going wrong. Scientists now think the same is happening or same can happen and maybe to a sort of stronger degree with the electrome and, and you know, and we'll be able to sort of do all kinds of amazing things. Because it's a real, it's, I think something that people don't often realise that, the sort of the instructions, if you like, for how to assemble a body of anything, yeah, um, are not they're contained not the within the genome. No. They're, they're not there, and I think that that goes against what people imagine. I think people imagine that the sort of you know the the, the genome is the kind of is is the recipe book and it tells you everything. And actually, what the genome is is sort of the ingredients, isn't it? Yeah, you've yeah. got the ingredients, and then somewhere else is the information that says, and, and this goes here, and this goes here, and this will grow like this, and this will grow like that. Yeah. Um, and that is, that's the electrome. And that's the electrome, and that's what we're looking to exploit. Okay, time for a quick break. When we get back, we're going to discuss some of the interesting ways electricity is being used, Sally's experience of being zapped by electricity, and we'll answer today's question, can I use electricity to improve my brain? And we're back. So uh, I've enjoyed the the sort of the history lesson about all these guys getting involved with frogs and so on. Um, <laughs> but right now, electricity is very interesting to scientists, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So th- this is something uh, Sally talked about. So Michael Levin, who I mentioned before, he and his colleagues have done a lot of work to show that there is a spatial component to development that isn't accounted for, can't be accounted for entirely by genes, by genetic information, because, you know, we all have like a left side and a right side and a front and a back and all this stuff and sort of forming organisms requires something non-genetic and they think that bioelectricity is super important for that. And then there's um, strange electrical voltages that result when cells transition from being healthy to being cancerous, there is a big electrical difference between cells that have gone cancerous and cells that have maintained their health. So keeping those three in mind, um, wound, healing, um, development, and um, cancer, those are three of the probably most interesting areas where bioelectricity researchers are trying to either amplify our natural electricity or dampen it if it has gone wobbly. I want to be careful here because, again, you know, I said earlier, like, oh, it's always cancer when they were talking about, you know, when they used to have these, like, electrical interferences back in the day where they were like, it'll cure masturbation and cancer. So the, the, the problem is, you know, right now with bioelectricity, with this you know, trying to, to, right now where we're discovering all of these electrical similarities across, you know, not just people and mammals and animals, but bacteria and plants and, you know, fungal electric signals. Like, we're at the sort of dawn of this age. Like, these tools, um, as one of the cancer researchers said to me, Mustafa Jamgaz, he said, bioelectricity right now is where astronomy was when Galileo invented the telescope. Basically, we are suddenly seeing this cosmos of bioelectric properties and dimensions of life, and we need to start putting it together. Absolutely delighted for Michael Levin 
to get a name check. You love him, don't you? I love that the, the guy. The Planaria guy. He's the Planaria guy. So he he um, has done lots of experiments with Planaria. Planaria are these mad little flatworms that can regenerate um, seemingly at will. So you can just you can chop them up into bits. Yeah. And then however many bits you've chopped them into, then that many new ones will grow. Yeah. It's mad. And then yeah. and even stuff like you can you can take a bit that doesn't have any of it. It's got a sort of primitive brain. Um, and you can take a bit that doesn't have the brain in and it will grow itself a new brain. And somehow it will remember stuff that it's learned before in the new, even in though the new it didn't body. Even have it, that bit. Even though it didn't have that bit. Well, it's, I mean, it's mad. Sally talks about this in the book, like planaria and other things that, that like, you know, just reproduce themselves by ripping themselves in half mm. uh, when there's no other option around, you know. And it's all, you can map electric field sort of activity into all of this kind of behaviour. So, like, electricity is, is you know, lit, I mean, it's really interesting what she said about, you know, it's being like when Galileo first got a telescope because, mm. Honestly, you know, the impression you get is that, like, this is wide open. We don't know anything really yeah. yet. But so, so Michael Levin has talked about, you know, his one of his areas of research anyway is the idea of sort of regenerating limbs, which seems like a science fiction thing entirely. Yeah. Um, because you're like, well, if I've lost my hand in an accident, how would I get? An, and, and he's saying, well, you've grown a hand before. before. So somewhere in your body the information is there we can work out where that information is and how it's encoded then why couldn't we encode it again and encourage the body to just grow another hand yeah and you know when he puts it like that you're like oh yeah <laughs> i mean and, i mean that's gonna be, happen tomorrow no it's not gonna happen tomorrow uh but that will all come down to bioelectricity and and yeah. and, and and the information that is coded in it. And, and what we're finding is we're sort of, you know, just poking at this a little bit and seeing that, like, you know, electricity is obviously really involved with loads of this kind of stuff in terms of, like, the physiology of our body. So, like, mm. if you bite your cheek and you get that tingling feeling, yeah, that's electrical signals coming from those cells that basically are saying, right, need to, like, have the healing process start here now. And so wound healing is a big thing now with electricity. So you can... Um, people are developing these bandages that have silver fibres that go through them mm. and you put them over and you sort of manipulate the electric field around the wound and it heals much better if you can work out exactly what that field should look like then you get you know, mm. better wound healing uh, because it's all... To minimise scar tissue. Minimise scar thing. tissue. Mm. All of the formation of new tissue is controlled by electric fields. Yeah. You know, in, you know it, with I the mean, other cells. Because what else would it be Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like we've just discovered the mm. means of communication. As soon as you say, it seems quite obvious. You're like, well, yeah, yeah, it's got to be coming from somewhere. The, yeah. These these instructions, this sort of like this manual of uh, this bit's fucked. How do we repair it? Yeah, uh, yeah, and and then sort of within the brain as well, people have had like electrode implants that can control things like OCD, so and epilepsy as well, anxiety. Um, and even obesity. And there was a guy, um, there was one patient who had OCD and he was fitted with like these electrodes and um, they they hit the sort of pleasure centres of his brain and these electrodes, um, he was listening to some Johnny Cash and he became obsessed by Johnny Cash. Like went out and bought every Johnny Cash like 
CD he could find. And then when they turned the power off, he listened to it. He's like, I don't know why everyone's obsessed with Johnny Cash. It's sort of funny. Call me and, and bonus. Not, yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. But, but, you know, it's sort of like these electrical signals. And obviously we know the brain is full of these kinds of things. Mm. But when we learn to map them and, and sort of manipulate them, we can do, you know, pretty extraordinary things. You know, and there's sort of inflammation and depression you know, that can be controlled through some kind mm. of electrical manipulation. Um, and Does uh, it immediately make me worry slightly? Because all the things we're talking about are positive ways that you might be able to hack someone's brain. But there's clearly <laughs> nefarious things to do as well. Yeah, I mean, Sally's not getting into those so much. Because, I mean, you can do nefarious things just with blunt instruments. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose you, you, you don't, don't need it. Yeah, you true, really true, need to true. like implant an electrode and make yeah. somebody go and buy a Johnny Cash yeah. CD. You don't need to be Manchurian candidate. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, and then, and then there's a, the cancer stuff. So so uh, Sally mentioned um, Mustafa Jamgoz, who's an mm. imperial, and he has looked at sodium channels in cells and their role in like breast cancer and prostate cancer. And basically they're really massively involved and they, these sodium channel cells, um, they, uh, they proliferate in the cancer. So, so there's something going wrong with the sort of electrome. Right. In, as an, so as an approach to treating cancer, that's a kind of opens up a, a new sort of set of possibilities. Yeah, I, I've never heard anyone mention that. No. So, uh, so um, basically you, you get um, them far more electrically active those cells than the no and the normal control mechanisms just can't handle them, and that seems to be key to uh, mes metastasizing. Hmm. So, so think so. So, there's some electrical issues in in there that if you can sort of you know hopefully get a handle on, you can control that Prevent kind of spread. spread. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, and obviously all of this is really early early days, but it just seems really seems encouraging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so you and he's had. Um, Experiments where he's had rats with prostate cancer that he could control uh, metastasis, 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 I metastasis. Suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Physicist mm. talking biology. Yeah, difficult, <laughs> embarrassing is what it <laughs> so, is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you know, so we've got kind of that. There's other experiments to do with brain signals where people you can feel like you can do electrical signals that make you feel as if something's touching your skin or. You know, you're you're sort of interacting with an environment. So so there's kind of potential use for that, obviously for like um you know, gaming scenarios or or you know, pilots in a cockpit or something, you know, some kind of mm. haptics where you know you're effectively controlling your senses or you're or you're hallucinating your sensory inputs. Good good for people who have got some form of paralysis as well, potentially. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so and there was a guy um in the States who who was sort of trying to basically come up with brain implants for paralysis mm. and never really got proper FDA sort of approval for stuff and sort of ended up flying to Belize and, and having one of these things implanted in his own brain oh. so that he could, uh, there's this guy called Phil Kennedy and, um, and he paid a neurosurgeon in Belize like $30,000 to put this thing in his brain so he could show that it was like, it was all all you know, all good and all useful, you know, and would help, you know, paraly paralyzed mm. patients to move their bodies again. And uh, 11 and a half hours of surgery for 30 grand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I'd have done it for that, mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, and um, and then it all started to go wrong. It all had to be sort of removed, except the bits that were in so deep into his brain that he couldn't remove them. And this is actually, I mean, so Sally makes a point in the book that this kind of 
sort of gung-ho experimentation is really problematic because now the FDA don't want to touch anything to do with this kind of stuff. So it makes it harder to actually research this kind of thing. Mm. And it's worth saying as well that, that like, and I've, I've come across this in conferences and, and, and seminars and stuff, that most researchers who work in sort of general biology don't believe any of this stuff. They sort of don't think that... What do you mean? They don't really think that electricity is, is that important. And, and they, so the researchers who are working on this kind of stuff are sort of having a bit of an uphill battle, but, but getting you, people to believe that you know the electrome is actually something that's really worth digging into. But if you ask those people the question, where is the information that tells cells what to, what to do, what to be, how the body is going to be structured, what what would they say? Well, they would say it's electrical, but it doesn't mean that you know that we can do all this stuff with it. I mean, they, they're very sceptical about the ability to manipulate to, these to kinds hack of things. those, that, that yeah, coding. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's very, mm. uh, I guess because it's very early days, but I, I've seen this, you know, in, in seminars and conferences and stuff when I've, I've been there and like the scepticism is sky high. It's like, we don't, you know, we can, you can point us to the research, the published papers and everything else, but there's something in the sort of field that doesn't really want to engage with it. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the whole time we've been talking, I'm just staring down at your contraption and thinking, <laughs> when's he going to put it on? When's he going to put it on? When's he going to turn it on? What's going to happen? Is he going to fry his brain? Um, <laughs> has, uh, has has Sally whacked one of these on? So, yeah, so so I I got really interested in this the first time I talked to Sally about this. is years and years ago. Mm. She had this amazing experience, uh, which um, was basically with the US military sniper training people. Um, and uh, I'll, let her, I'll let her explain. You know, I was prepared for it to be either a bust, because, I mean, you know, there's every chance, uh, or for it to be placebo effect. But it was an extremely sort of powerful experience because I had this very profound experience with it, which I only was able to make sense of, like, over the next five years because I was talking to a lot of people which made it made make sense for me so for me it was this like insane experience where I have always had this you know constant negative sort of self-chat which I guess you know after 30 years of hearing it you just sort of you're just like well that's it's just background noise it's just my elevator music in my head you don't have like any kind of critical distance from it so you just you're just like well that's just me that's just my little ambient noise in my head um and that's just how life is so i was you know in there doing like a you know shooting simulation and um i was bad at it so i was just like well i'm just such an idiot i'm such an idiot obviously i was gonna suck at this and like you know i took this red eye flight from london and why didn't i give myself a day and just like all this like really distracting sort of chatter and he did like a sort of simulation of a, a sham control trial in the sense where he was just like okay i've got this thing on you and we're gonna i'm gonna you're gonna keep playing this and i'm gonna come in a bunch of times and you're not gonna know when i turn it on and off i mean you know obviously it's not the same thing like my gonzo stunt is not the same thing as like a clinical trial but he was trying to you know make it less pointless i guess and so i'm in there and i'm failing horribly at this simulation and then at one point he comes in and he's like, okay. And he does, he wriggles, you know, he fiddles around with it again. 
with the battery pack once again. And all of a sudden, I'm just like, boom, there's just a bell jar that drops on all the voices. And I'm like, so focused and just so clear. And the whole the thing that I had been failing at and failing at and failing at, and it was so overwhelming. And I was just like, I just want to leave. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, here I am. I like the sound of this. So, so effectively, she's sort of dampened down the 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 mind chatter. Yeah, but it, the, all but of the background noise. That, she's I think sort of underselling it. So, so I because I talked to her after she'd done this because we were working together at New Scientist yeah. at the time, and and what happened was she. She was doing this sniper training thing yeah. where you're in a, a sort of immersion scenario, but you're playing a video game effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said she was pretty terrible at it. Mm-hmm. And then basically the guy switched this thing on and um, actually switched it on. And she kind of just knew because her focus state changed. Yeah. And she just nailed it. She said she killed every thing that came at her with no effort whatsoever. She said it was just like a natural flow thing. And um, and she she talks about it in the book and she writes about it really well and it's just mm. like you know and you can't draw too many conclusions from it because you know it's one person it's and, one person yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. she said also you know when it was clearly on because she sort of said she got this metallic taste in her mouth like there was something mm-hmm. different mm. but she said you know the, the focus state that she was in was amazing and and the voice is quietened down and actually it sort of quite sort of changed her. Really? You can see why the US military would be interested oh, in that. Can't you, though? Can we have some focused killing machines? <laughs> yes! <laughs> so, so there Hook them up! There are experiments published, papers published, that show that this kind of enhancement, uh, TDCS, transcranial direct current stimulation, the training increased a sniper's ability to detect a threat by a factor of 2.3. So, wow. So before, wow. It, before it kills you, you're twice as likely to be able to kill it. That's pretty good, That's isn't it? That's quite good. And this, this is it? what your thing is. This and this is, is this what is my thing is. TDCS, yeah. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Although I, I don't know if it's the same kind of performance or, or whatever else. And, One and way also, to find out. it's really hard to know where like the electrodes should be placed exactly. No, no, no. We've got, got a, a, I've got a diagram that. here. Just sort of <laughs> on the forehead, it looks like. But Whack you know, on the forehead, Sue salutes. So one of the things that. Made in China? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> One of the things that Sally's like um, sort of sceptical about is the fact that it it seemed to like quiet all that self-defeating chat and Mm. gave her focus to do that sort of sniper task. But she said, you know, things like, you know, doing maths better or anything like that didn't make any difference to her whatsoever. So, so it's clearly. Oh, so she did a variety of tasks. So, so when you do a variety of tests, it doesn't, it doesn't help with everything. Obviously Silicon Valley is like, you know, jumped on this when it was sort of first being mooted Mm -hmm. as a, as a Mm -hmm. thing. It's called overclocking the brain Mm -hmm. and like, and then there's lots of publications about, oh, you know, we're going to develop alpha wave boosting technologies and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, it sort of seems to have sort of abated quite a lot because nobody can make this thing work really reliably across a range of people. So maybe it works well for certain people at certain times on certain tasks Mm. and you don't know whether that's a lasting effect or whether that would actually go away um you know there's there's like you know obviously there's reddit groups you know reddit boards that are just like focused on doing all this kind of stuff um and people have hurt themselves as well so you can burn yourself with these things and even blind yourself if you get this is our big finale (laughs) this is not gonna happen (laughs) So, so there was actually um, a group of neuroscientists that, that published an open letter begging people to stop self-experimenting <laughs> with these things. <laughs> Will you behave yourselves? So, so essentially, although I look at it and I say, "Oh, maybe that would give me like the focus I need to like, to improve my batting," 
there's part of me that just thinks maybe just like concentrate a bit harder. Yeah, can I do this myself? Yeah, maybe I can just do it myself. And uh, and so I'm. I don't know. I'm not convinced. I'm going to talk to Sally about whether I should do this. And I think, judging from what she says in her book, she'll say, "Don't do it." Mm. But in in principle, just going back to the question, can we use electricity to improve our brains? Um, I suppose it sounds like the answer is probably in the future. Oh, that's a good answer. Yeah, I mean, I would say yes, we can. And I think there's some evidence that it helps with anxiety and depression and mm. all this kind of stuff. You know, Sally's experience is anecdotal, mm. but it's not it's not the only anecdote no. on this on this kind of helping uh, with sort of brain states and sort of focus and and also and quieting that sort of brain chatter. Mm. So it sort of makes sense that, you know, if you disrupt maybe, maybe it's a Maybe it's a more of a sort of disruptive effect on certain types of brain activity that is really helpful rather than putting you into a flow state. Maybe it just disrupts some of the stuff that stops you being able to concentrate. But um, I, so I put the question to Sally, obviously. Not until we understand exactly what we mean by electricity in the brain. No, I think that's basically it. I mean, uh, you know, I've got a couple of more like disgusting anecdotes of people. <laughs> doing self-experimentation but maybe i just like keep that to myself never keep disgusting anecdotes to yourself i on so this podcast, need to know Sally. what those are yeah need a bit more digging yeah i mean i'm not particularly keen to strap one of those on um but i am going to urge you for the sake of the show to do it i might well try it this weekend got or n- now no, I'm not going to do or it now. now. No, could be now. No, it's not going to happen. Pop the sponges on. No, no, I'm literally not. I'm not going to do it now because I think that's irresponsible. But I might try it. But for, funny, funny, it's not funny if I blind myself, <laughs> is it? Oh no, sorry, no, no, it's not. No, no. Um, but so definitely not. Definitely not today. Hmm. What about just one of the sponges? <laughs> well, that won't do anything with it because you know how electricity yeah, works. Yeah, it's not going to happen, Rick. I'll this do it after you put one on your baby. Very, very. I'm not putting one on my baby. <laughs> what are babies for it. if not to experiment on? <laughs> very much your sort of uh, mantra for life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really should do that. That episode on what makes a good parent. <laughs> Eureka is a stack production presented by Dr. Michael Brooks and Rick Edwards. The production team is Temi Adebayo, Katie Baxter, Luke Moore and Charlie Morgan. Sound designed by Katie Baxter. Special thanks to today's expert, Sally A.D. Please subscribe and rate wherever you listen to your podcast. It does make a massive difference. We also really love hearing from you guys. So if you have any burning questions you want us to answer, drop us an email at eureka at stack.london or you can find us, as always, on Twitter at EurekaPod. Eureka is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.